Hello, thanks for listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. This is Adam Rosen, your host. I'm a fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeon who specializes in joint replacement. In these episodes, I'm going to share with you a lot of my tips and tricks and review classic articles and current implant designs. Thanks for tuning in and on with the show. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen and you're listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. So we're going to continue on in these next few weeks with season four and more classifications are coming your way. Coming up tomorrow is the Gruen classification. So be sure to listen into that. But I want to actually soapbox today and do a little freestyle, little separate bonus episode just to talk to you about something, get something off my chest um, and, and tell you actually where I think we're going to be in the future. This is something that's really dear to my heart, something I've spent a lot of time thinking about, and something that I've tried to um, get out there and reach out to people, but I found the industry, I'm not sure, um, is farsighted enough to see the influence of this in the future, and I've actually reached out and tried to contact people at DeepMind, and you know, with Watson, IBM, I thought would be a potential option, but you know, I'm not sure venture capitalists and these big AI companies see a huge financial benefit uh, for this. But what I'm trying to focus on, and actually, you know, I've been trying to create an algorithm. So I want to throw this out there and see maybe someone else has been thinking about this too, or along these lines, or maybe is interested, or maybe has a contact. And, you know, we'll say, hey, you know, you should talk to so-and-so and they could go down this path. But it comes down to total knees. Um, you know, I've looked at all the total knees um, that I've done since 2000 six in practice. You know, I think I did my first total knee um, as an assistant as part of the operation around probably 1996. Um, And I've seen a lot and I've thought about it a lot and I'm really fascinated by it. But like all of you, the question that we're all trying to answer is why are 20% of patients dissatisfied? You know, 15 to 20% and, you know, depending on how much data you collect from your own patients, you may have a very specific number on those that are extremely satisfied or satisfied or neutral, you know, but we really need to know um, why those people are dissatisfied because the problem is we keep getting thrown answers from industry and we get navigation and we get patient-specific blocks and we get now robotics and all of that stuff is being thrown at us. And at the end of the day, it's an answer, but it doesn't, answer the question as to what is the question like the question is why do 20 percent of people feel that the knee is not what they wanted it to be why are they dissatisfied you know that's the question is it the implant you know people always ask is there a best implant is it the cuts um is it the alignment is it the soft tissue balancing is it something else that we haven't even thought of yet you know but why do some of these people not like their total knee. And, you know, for most of us, you know, if, if you've done training and fellowship and you've done lots of these and you've read and you've practiced, I mean, you're going to put a good knee in, whether or not you're using manual instruments, intramedullary, extramedullary, navigation, robotics, what have you. And we've seen the studies, you know, that have shown that, you know, with navigation and robotics, you have better, you know, mechanical alignment, more accurate cuts and less deviation, less standard deviation, and less deviation. But there's been studies that have shown that that hasn't led to any improvements in outcomes. 
You know, and some studies have shown that it's actually led to higher revision rates. So, you know, you can always find a study that says why it's better, why it's worse, why it's neutral. But again, it is the garbage in, garbage out. Whether or not you're using navigation or whether or not you're using robotics, you know, you're plotting points and you're picking these arbitrary things to make the x-ray look good and to restore your alignment. And then you expect your patient to do well. And once you do enough of these knees and you see enough of these patients in the office, what you start to realize is every so often you see an x-ray that looks perfect. I mean, you throw it up at the academy on the, on the board, you throw it up at AUKUS in a lecture because it's perfect, but the patient is unhappy. They don't like their knee. It doesn't feel right. It hurts. It's painful. And then you get these other knees where you left it in a little bit of errors or a little bit of algus and you're like, eh, what did I do? And then you walk into the patient's doc. This is great. You know, one month, 100% full recovery, no pain. And the question is, why? So that's what we have to figure out. So this is my idea. This is my philosophy. This is my thinking is that we're going into a generation where technology is everywhere. You know, honestly, in orthopedics, technology is actually pretty slow to the game. I mean, you look at most other things. We have tech everywhere and it's been really slow to come into the operating room, but it's there. I'm just not sure that it's going to decrease the number of dissatisfied patients. So I've had the experience lately. I've actually had the experience to test and trial two augmented realities. And that's not exactly where I think we're heading, but I think it's really, really cool. Um, I actually got to play with one, um, which is CT-based, and it was really cool. I think I don't think I've put a pedicle screw in in probably 20 years, but I was able, you know, through the sawbones to actually put a pedicle screw in looking at this augmented reality, you know, and puncturing it through the skin. Basically, it was like playing a video game with my Oculus Quest, but, you know, with the sawbones, you know, it's really cool. A lot of applications there. And, you know, additional augmented reality, basically nav and a headset, you know, cool stuff. But I think the idea of wearables, you know, is one way, one way of where we're going to head. But this is my thinking, though, is that it is augmented reality but with artificial intelligence. And that's why I've been trying to find people that are interested in this or find people that have contacts that are interested in the idea of artificial intelligence and deep thinking because I've started to create this thought process of this algorithm of all of these different factors that would be factors in the preoperative setting, the radiographic setting, the operative setting, the postoperative setting. And there's a lot of data points. I don't know which ones are important. And what we would have to then do is collect all of those data points and follow all of those patients and then see who does well and who doesn't do well. And what you really need to do is pick 20 or 50 really good surgeons. Okay, well, how do you do that? I don't I mean, you could use name recognition. You could use institutions. You could query their patient-reported outcomes and see who has the best patient-reported outcomes. Let's pick those and then take these docs capture all of these data points, follow all of these patients, and then see who does well and who doesn't do well and plug all of this into this machine and let the artificial intelligence speak for itself and figure out which points are important and which points are not important. And when patients do well and the implant is here or this is the implant or the balancing is here or the alignment is here and this is what it was like pre-op and this is what it's like post-op, then we start to know where we're headed. Because what if we could figure out if somebody is in varus or if somebody is in valgus, you know, maybe we don't want neutral alignment, you know, and it's the idea of gentleman's varus. You know, you've heard people talk about this, you know, 
The varus knee may be leaving a little bit of varus. Okay, well, how do you do that accurately? The valgus knee may be a leaving valgus. You know, some of these joint lines, you know, the, the varus of the proximal tibia is off a little bit, the, the distal femoral angles, you know, pretty much within the ballpark. But what about the ones that are really off? You know, these proximal tibias that are really in varus or these distal femurs that are really in valgus. Should we treat those patients kinematically? And patients that are more in that bell-shaped curve of, you know, more of the normal, quote, end quote, um, knee, you know, maybe you can treat them mechanically. Who do we leave in one degree of varus, one degree of valgus? Who do we rotate in one degree of internal rotation, external rotation? You know, when do we enter? So you can do all this stuff in the computer, but nobody knows which patients you're supposed to put where. So what I envision is that you have the wearable and you're looking at the knee. And you can see exactly within a half a millimeter or a half a degree where your tibia cut is, where your slope is, where your resection level is, where your femoral distal resection is, where your femoral rotation is, where your femoral anterior-posterior positioning is, and having all that data. And then real-time, also having a separate screen, which is basically like a chess engine. So if anybody's ever played chess, there are these great chess engines. And what they've done is they've assimilated every move from every game basically since the beginning of time. And it's figured out what the results are from every single move that you play against whatever opponent you're playing. And it can already tell you 20, 30 moves down the road what the outcome is going to be. You know, you have a 90% chance of winning. Or it will say, yes, this is the best move. This is an alternative move. So imagine you're a community guy. And imagine you're doing total knees. And imagine you have this wearable. And it can tell you very accurately what the degrees and millimeters of your cuts are. And you set it up for, you know, zero degree cut to the axis of the tibia with a two millimeter medial resection of this varus knee. But based on the captured data on the patient, it's going to tell you that, you know what, we've looked at 20 high volume surgeons and we've looked at the outcomes of their knees. And it's going to say, actually, the best option is you should take two and a half millimeter resection at one degree of varus and the outcome of your knee will be better. You know, and the same thing for a valgus knee. And maybe it's going to tell you when you should cut a knee kinematically and when you should cut it mechanically and when it's going to tell you to change you know this or that to affect the balancing and the soft tissues because we all know that you know some patients are loose and love their knee and the next patient's a little loose and they hate the knee because it feels unstable you know you make some person tight as a drum is usually at the young male short and stocky they love tight knee you know take an 85 year old lady who's, you know, lacks everywhere, you tighten up her knee and it's painful, it's sore, you're tenting her collateral ligaments and pulling them tight. So we don't always know, like, who do you leave loose? Who do you leave tight? You know, we know about the joint line and where we're supposed to put it, but it's easy when something looks weird, right? Someone elevates the joint line and somebody, you know, cuts the tibia in a little bit of varus and somebody oversizes the femoral component and the patient's in pain. And we all want to say, oh, I know why. It's because the x-ray looks weird. Or, you know, you have anterior knee pain because they didn't resurface the patella. So you just bought a second operation. And guess what? The cartilage on the patella wasn't the source of the pain. You replaced the patella cartilage with plastic and they still hurt. So the idea of capturing all this data would then allow you to have this real-time heads-up display of telling you basically from 20 or 50, you know, fellowship trained specialists and knee replacements that we believe the best potential possibility is to do this, not that. So those are my thoughts. You know, I'd be kind of curious to see in 10 years or 15 years, if we're there, you know, I think it's going to be at least a few years just from getting a program like this going to even capture the data and let the machine do the learning. 
But it's an interesting thought. You know, it really kind of begs that question again that when we talk about 20% of patients with what we would consider as surgeons successful total knee replacements, like why are those people unhappy? We have to really step back and ask, why are they unhappy? Not because we haven't hit these parameters of the mechanical alignment and our accuracy of our cuts on the tibia and the femur, because if that was the case, you know, navigation and robotics would have solved it, and we would now have 100% of patients that are happy and satisfied, but we're still not there. You know, so I really think this is that interesting little step of, you know, do these abnormal shaped knees, you know, are we supposed to cut them and correct them and do things to the soft tissue to make them straight in our mind? Um, or should we do things based on the patient's individual personality of their knee? I always talk about that, not the personality of the fracture, but the personality of the knee. What is their posterior condylar offset? What is their slope? You know, what is the distal femoral angle? You know, what is the mechanical axis and alignments of their joint and the tibia and the femur and the anatomic axis? And, you know, how do we try to recreate what the patient had before they developed an arthritic knee to best balance the tissues and make the knee kinematically aligned and functioning? So at the end of the day, the patient's happy. So I don't know. That's a whole lot of thoughts. It's a whole lot of information. But guess what? It's my podcast, so I get to do what I want. Um, and until next time, um, stay safe, keep listening, you know, share the information. I got a whole bunch of uh, really cool um, classifications coming up. A couple other little things, too, that um, I want to throw your way because I'm not sure that people um, have heard about all, all of them. Um, and then I'm really excited to um, let you know that we are going to have some really cool interviews coming up. I finally got all the rest of my information or all my equipment an extra mic, and I've got some people that have already agreed to sit down with me, and we're going to have some really, really cool lecture or um, interviews coming up with some really, really interesting people um, in the world of orthopedics and joint replacement, so I get to pick their brain, and you get to listen to all of their answers. So until next time, I'm Adam Rosen. Thanks. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast, my two cents on where we're going with augmented reality and essentially a not a chess engine, but a Total Knee engine in your face telling you what would be the best possible outcome for a particular cut, position, angle, depth, resection when you do a total knee. And hopefully we can take that 20% dissatisfied rate down to 5%. I'd be happy with that. Take care. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you'll be notified of future episodes. And please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. Until next time, stay safe.